He's an 18-year-old man who's studying to be a commercial airline pilot. He has an unquenchable thirst for knowledge. And that's where this show comes in. This is Wanna Coffee Talk? Aris Martinez is focused on understanding the world around him. So he's grabbing a cup of coffee and sitting down to talk to the experts and professionals about what makes them tick. Everybody sits back, has some coffee, and the conversation gets real. It's real. This is Wanna Coffee Talk, and this is your host, Aris Martinez. Hey, Jonathan, how are you feeling today? Doing doing very well, man. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming in today's show. Um, so, hope you have your cup of coffee with you. Absolutely. Great. Okay, so um, that being said, let's just have a nice coffee talk. Um, so you're a highly sought-after consultant and speaker specialized in the area of applied psychology in life and business, aren't you? That That is a remarkably good... Um, Introduction. Yeah, it's basically I help companies and people understand how people think so that my clients can be better communicators and find bigger opportunities, land big deals, all that kind of fun stuff. Looks awesome to me, to be honest. And, <laughs> but you're also a mentalist, right? That's that's where I got my my foundation in understanding all of this stuff. So yeah, for... 10, 15 years, I've traveled the world as a performer and mentalist is a kind of magician that has specialized in mind reading tricks. So an illusionist might do tricks with tigers and in that kind of a thing. I do tricks with information. So I've learned how to use words to create impossible experiences and realized that the same techniques I would use on stage also apply off stage in business negotiations, in sales, in marketing, in, in proposals and presentations and website conversion rate, yeah. right? making a website that people want to interact with. So basically every place that there's a human being involved, you're talking about psychology if you want to be more effective. So I realized that all the business gurus talking about the psychology of this or or that realize that they're working off maybe some scientific research that was done a couple of years ago. Whereas for me, I've had a lifetime of experience and it pulls on 10,000 years of magician history to work. So I was like, you know, I've got... I've got some useful yeah. insights into this stuff. I, I should be able to share it. But like, dude, it's like an amazing step from actually going from not mind reading and being a mentalist to actually helping those business, you know? It's like, how did you reach that conclusion that you could actually help people by mind reading? It was already, I'd already been doing the mind reading show for quite a long time. And one of the number one places where I would do the show is at colleges. So the college would book me to come in on Thursday night because Thursday nights is when we book entertainers. Last week, we had a juggler. Next week, we've got a musician. Right. Tonight, it's you. All right, cool. So I would do the mind reading show at the college. And then afterwards, 
have an autograph line signing posters and my book and all that kind of stuff talking about the show. And people would would say, oh, man, I can't even imagine doing what you do for a living. So then I would talk to them about how I got started and how I grew up as a really poor kid in the mountains of North Carolina, living on a dirt road. So it wasn't like I came from a performer's family or I came from a lot of money and could just throw money at becoming a performer. So I was talking to folks about how how it all worked. Then a couple of years later, I start getting emails from, from students saying, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you came to my school and talked to me afterwards. And I really appreciate you talking to me. And here's all the changes I did. And, and it's all because you, you shared your thoughts with me. And that was the moment where I realized, like, okay, this is really useful stuff that not everybody had the same experiences. Not everybody had the same mentors as I had. So I, I have an obligation to share this with the world. And that's when I started transitioning from being just the entertainer into being a consultant and coach and author and trying to share as much of this as I could. All right. So I'm guessing you were always or you always felt fascinated by magic when you were a kid or by mind reading stuff. Is that correct? I was. Yeah, because every beginner's magic book has a whole bunch of stuff you could learn how to do. Here's some mm -hmm. coin tricks. Here's a card trick. Here's a rope trick. Here's a mind reading trick. Here's a, an illusion you could build at home out of cardboard. Just the mind reading tricks were just really interesting because if you do a coin trick, somebody can go, ah, I'm sure you're just hiding it in your hand somewhere. But when you're doing a mind reading trick, it is so deeply disturbing to people because <laughs> there's nothing to look at, right? So it is a really weird kind of a thing to have a, a 13 year old kid tell you about your deepest secrets. Right. So the, it was always the thing that got the biggest reaction. So it's kind of Pavlovian training. You, you tend to do the thing you get positive reinforcement for. So that, that was what I focused on. <laughs> I mean, it's just, yeah, as you say, being a mentalist and, you know, getting to read people's minds, something that, always like always gets people just really disturbed you know <laughs> like it's like right what the heck is, the, is this guy doing like what is just how does he do that you know exactly and and weird the really really weird thing to me is that i'm not doing anything that they don't already know i'm literally just telling them what they're already thinking about Oh, so that's strange because I was just about to ask you, like, what do you know that we don't know? Like, you know, but you just said, you know, exactly the same as, as me, for instance. Right. Because I'm telling you something you already know, and that's amazing. And I think a big part of it is that at the, the foundation of everything, we all know that we're alone. We're born alone. We die alone. And we live a life around other people. But ultimately we we feel isolated at our core right and to have another human being be able to look at you and tell you what you're thinking is kind of an affirmation that you're alive and that you can be seen and that connection is possible and that is an experience that not many people get very often 
And I think that has a big part in why what I do feels so amazing to people. Because that brought you right to、um, America's Got Talent. Is that correct? Yep, I I went out for that. That was a that was a really fun several months of my life. And I was living in Chicago at the time. Went through a couple rounds there in Chicago. Got invited out to New York and did filming out there in front of、um, Howard Stern, Heidi Klum, Mel B, and Howie Mandel. Got three out of four yeses.、Oh, wow. Howie was the only no, <laughs> and it was it that was a very very long day of filming. It it was it was tough, but it was a lot of fun. But it's, it's just kind of exhausting to know that there's always a camera around. <laughs> Somebody's always looking. Don't don't even think about. Picking your nose because that will be the two seconds out of this fourteen-hour day. Definitely, <laughs> that'll be the two seconds that makes it to air. So you're on your best behavior and hyper aware of being watched all day, which is a really strange experience too. Must be really strange to be honest. But and what did you do to the to the audience, like or to the jury members? Like what were you <laughs> your, your you know your show? What was about? Yeah, I、uh, <laughs> I call it a stupid human trick,、um, and and I got Nick Cannon out on stage. I put a paper bag over his head, gave him a a bunch of balloons. I put a paper bag over my head and faced away, and then had him pop balloons, and I could tell him what color he was popping. <laughs> Like I said, it's a stupid human trick, but it's it's a lot of fun. <laughs> but like, how? I mean, it's just. I mean, you can be a pro in psychology and stuff, but like, dude, like that's awesome, you know? <laughs> right. So that you're you're getting right to the heart of the value of what I do, because. People want to know the trick to this routine, to this effect. When the deeper appreci appreciation is understanding why people's brains are wired to have these weird experiences in the first place. So it's not necessarily just the method to that one routine, but understanding why a paper bag over your head and some balloons would be. Entertaining and a mystery. To me, that's an even weirder question because, without the context, it just looks like really weird, bizarre performance art. They just say, "I have no clue what's going on," but the the fact that people find it entertaining and amazing is itself even more amazing. Definitely is. I mean, yeah, I mean, just it's incredible. Like, how can you actually know those? Because you know how the brain works. That's just for clear, and you're just kind of exploiting those those wirings, if that makes sense. It 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 does. The one one story I like to use is it's kind of like a, a computer and the operating system. Most people use different programs, but use the mouse to click around, and it's really slow. It's kind of like. Watching your grandparents try to send an email, right? You're just like, oh my god, why? Why is this so? <laughs> why are you going so slow? Yeah. yeah. And then 
very, very few people even know what keyboard shortcuts are. So they don't even know to hold down control enter to send the email the, the go click on. Right. But then <laughs> even fewer people know how to program to write a completely new program to do something that they want it to do that they dreamt up. Well, most people have no clue how to use the command line programming languages. So if that person who only uses the mouse, barely knows how to interact with a, a program that they use every day. If you come along and you understand programming, you could make their computer do really weird stuff that they have no clue how it works. But <laughs> it's just very straightforward for you because you understand the fundamental system. And they'll be amazed when you do that because they'll say, how the heck are you used, you know, controlling this computer that fast, you know? <laughs> Exactly. It's like, I don't even know how to use my computer that well. <laughs> and then you just, you just made it do some really weird stuff that I have no clue was even possible. Okay. Maybe there's more to this computer thing than, than I thought. Definitely. And when I think of mentalism and mind reading, I just have the idea or like, I kind of compared you guys with those that can hypnotize people. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Maybe because you also, oh, well, they also seem to know a lot about the brain and about the, psych about the psyche of humans. Like, could you do that? Or is like a different, a completely different route? It is an associated art. I, I like to say that I use elements of hypnosis, but my focus isn't just on hypnosis. Uh, hypnosis is really cool stuff. And it's, it's playing with imagination and and suggestion and building a really sophisticated social dynamic that rewards playfulness and imagination so i think that has a lot of value and it's it's a really cool thing to know how to do and to work with um, but the mentalism with a little bit more of the interactive uh, access to secrets angle I find really interesting. Because not everyone can, or not everyone is subject to being hypnotized, right? Like, I mean, if you're like really closed-minded and stuff, you really can't be in that way. How does that work? There's a, yeah, there's a, a great gag line that says, um, only the severely drunk and stupid can't be hypnotized. So that, I always love that when people go, you can't hypnotize me. And that's why I, I like to say that, yeah, you're, you're right. Not everybody can because it, it requires a high degree of intelligence and imagination to, to play with your mind like that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I couldn't hypnotize you. All right. So, so that's even like weirder because you're saying that if you're like more intelligent, the more intelligent you are, the more likely you are to be hypnotized. Exactly. One of, one of my favorite audiences, one of my favorite types of audience is the science conference, because you've got a lot of science-minded folks that are very rational and yeah. well, the world is cause and effect. We could figure all this out. Well, the more you trust your logical faculties, the easier you're going to be deceived by somebody who is a non-linear thinker, all right. who thinks in really weird ways 
in ways that you would never logically come to. Well, the more rigid you are about logic, the easier time somebody who's creative and innovative is going to have to frustrate your logical expectations. So that's really all a magic show is the magician creating a context for you to make logical assumptions that are later surprised. Well, the, the science audience, they, they trust their logical capacities explicitly. <laughs> so it's, it's so much fun bringing them up to the edge of what they know is real and then say, well, here's where I live. <laughs> push <laughs> yeah click send <laughs> definitely mm -hmm. exactly wow and okay so going back to the mind reading thingy but so we can't hypnotize everyone but you can mind read everyone is that correct or is it not it's it's kind of a playful collaboration all right uh, because you can't you can't force somebody to have their mind read and it's it's not like a evil superpower that even if they were they're powerless to resist it's more of a i know how to walk us both through this fun experience that'll be enjoyable for everybody and it'll be amazing but if somebody refuses to to go along well then there's really nothing that you can make them do so you can't you can't take over somebody's mind and make them go rob a bank or disclose secrets that they're not comfortable with. So it's more of a collaboration together for a fun experience rather than I'm going to make you do this. Okay. That makes sense. And how is it possible that, you know, um, hypnotizers can, or mind readers can say stuff to someone and it has an effect. But then I, I come and I just repeat the exact same words and like nothing happens. Like that is just awesome. Right, right. The, it's, a, it's a kind of a body of experience. The longer you're in it, the better your understanding of what will work and what won't work. Uh, the particular moment unfolds in a completely unique way. And the techniques that you use in this situation might be different than the techniques you would use in that situation. The thing that stays the same is how people interact with the moment. So human beings are really, really good at predicting what's about to happen. In your mind, you have this kind of frame of expectations based on your entire life of experiences, you have a reasonable chance of expecting what's about to happen in the next half second or second. And most of the day, those expectations are correct because things happen the way that you think they will. Uh, this cell phone doesn't just float up off the desk. It stays put because gravity's working. All that kind of thing. Well, the fact that you've got those expectations going every single second, now that's what you're playing with. So regardless of how you do it, what the mentalist is doing, 
is helping you anticipate what's about to happen next, but in the wrong direction. And in a, and in a way that feels entirely natural to you, because I've worked really hard to make the wrong thing be the most interesting, natural conclusion to come to. All right. All right. Okay. So that is interesting. It really is. And is there like a, a trick or something I could experience like right now, like a mind reading trick or something you could just think about? Hmm. It's, it's rather difficult over the, uh, yeah, the internet, but you know, I, I always like to keep, keep some cards on hand for just such an occasion. Right. Oh, wow. So let me see. Um, hmm. I'll actually have to shuffle these. This is actually a completely brand new deck of cards that I, I just opened. So they're still in brand new deck order. Okay. So we'll have to give them a couple shuffles. Um, so here's here's something that I like to do, which is play with your expectations and timing and decision. Because to me, the most interesting question is free will. Okay. When you, when you feel like you have free will and you've got a free choice, but does that mean that fate still applies or not? Because if you feel like you had a free choice and you didn't, is there really any difference? Does, does it really matter? So we are going to play with your free will. Okay. All right. Cool. So the idea is that I'm going to go through the cards and we're only going to go forward. There's no going back. So just like the arrow of time, it only goes forward. Great. And are, are these mixed up well enough for you or do you want yep. me to keep, keep going? They feel like. All right. All right. So as I go through, if it's dealt out, we don't care about it anymore. All you got to do is say stop and I will stop. Okay. Was that you saying stop or, uh, or do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. All right. I think you're going to stop me at the eight of hearts. That's, that's my prediction. No matter what, you're going to stop me at the eight of hearts. That's the card that you're going to stop me at. Stop. Okay. No, you said stop and I stopped immediately, right? Yeah. I didn't try to keep going or sneak yeah. one more. Um, now, <laughs> you, you stopped me here, but yeah. later when you think about this moment and you will think about this moment, you're going to think, you know what? If I would have known what was going to happen, I would have changed my mind, <laughs> but he didn't give me a chance. So, you know what? I, I really wish he had. So knowing that that's what you would think later, do you want me to deal some more cards or do you really genuinely want to stop on this card? <laughs> um, let's stop at this one. Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to make double sure, but remember that you freely chose I did. to stop here. And I asked you if you would like to change your mind and you said, no, I want to stay here. That so correct. was that really your choice? It was my choice. Yeah. 
free okay. choice. It was really your free choice, and you stopped me at this card, yeah? Yep. The next one would have been the two of diamonds. The next one would have been the seven of spades, but you stopped me at this card, right? Yep. <laughs> I told you. Okay. I, I mean, I mean, dude, that was insane. Like, it is, right? <laughs> dude, I mean, for those who are not really watching this and are just listening to this, he just got the exact card he said, right? And I chose it. So, what the heck, bro? Like, <laughs> that is so welcome, awesome. Welcome right. to my world. Oh, wow. I mean, every single time you do this, you, people must just go crazy. I mean, they right. have to it's, go crazy. It's such a simple, such a simple demonstration. And it's the simplicity that makes it just so... <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> <laughs> and disturbing <laughs> oh right. wow and then the the follow-up question is almost well what if i had changed my mind well you didn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i could have continued but i i mean i, I can't really explain what just happened exactly exactly <laughs> Oh, dude, I mean, oh my God, uh, that was so insane, Jonathan, like so insane. Okay, well, now I, I have a, a sense of what my reading is about. I think I do have it now. And it's just awesome, I have to say, it's just awesome. And I was wondering, and how can you apply, or what is the recent example that you can give us of how you apply that to um, a company or to help a company improve their sales or their marketing techniques and, and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, there's a, this, hmm. this sounds like I'm not answering your, your question and I am, I promise. Okay. And go ahead. A, a very common question that I get from performers who are just getting started in the world of performing is how do you deal with hecklers? And the real answer for me is I don't get hecklers. I don't get people that try to, to have the battle of wits or they're trying to make fun of me or, or anything. And it's because I'm not trying to be the star of the show. All right. If I come out on stage and I go, I can do things that you can't. I'm better than you. Look how amazing I am. I'm the star here. I would understandably be a pompous jerk, right? Yeah. I, I would be, a, <laughs> I'd be a jerk. And of course there would be people in the audience who would go, I don't like this guy. I'm going to yell at him now. Yeah. Right. And that's because I'm trying to be the rock star. I'm trying to be this jerk who's saying I'm better than you. Yeah. Got it. That's not good. Instead, what I try to do 
is to fulfill the expectations that my audience has that I'm a really good professional at what I do so that they kind of go, wow, this guy can do amazing things. And as soon as I have fulfilled that expectation, I then focus entirely on making my audience members the star of the show. Okay. I want, I want volunteers who are brave enough to come up on stage with me to get all of the love and applause and clapping and laughter and everything. Right. So I, I see my role as helping volunteers be the stars. Okay. Who's going to, who's going to hate me then? Because I'm, I'm the guy that's helping their friend have a great time in front of an audience. That, that dynamic is exactly what sales is. Too many salespeople try to be the rock star and say, I'm the hot shot here. I know better than you. I'm going to land this big deal. You need to pay me $10,000 or, or whatever. And then they wonder why they don't close deals, why people don't call them back, why they have to follow up 15 times and nobody's getting back to me. I don't understand it. Yeah. If, however, the sales team sees themselves as helping their clients be the rock stars to get everything that they've wanted, to have fun, to have more business, more leads, whatever it is that your business does for your clients, it should be just to help your clients get what they want, not to hire what you do. So you really have to help sales teams get out of the rock star mindset and into the helper mindset. Okay. And the more you help others get what they want, the easier time it is for you to get what you want. So helping those sales teams transform how they think about what sales is from I'm the rock star here. I'm the hotshot sales guy. I'm closing deals left and right. And instead, be more of a mentor or a guide that's helping their client be the hero. That is just a change in how you think about things, but it has a really big effect on everything that you say, everything that you do, how you help your clients and leads. And when you make that change, you get bigger opportunities because your leads now trust you more because they know that you are completely focused on helping them achieve their goals. Okay. You're not talking about, oh, I'm going to buy a, a Lexus with the commission I get off your, your deal, right? So if, if you were just there to be the rock star, it would make every lead uncomfortable. So that's kind of just one example of how thinking about something differently completely changes the way that you act in a situation and can change it to the better. Okay, I think I got it. But just hearing what you say, I just know that there's been a lot of observation from your side to reach these conclusions, you know, because 
not something that every magician knows or that every performer knows. It's like, you know what you know because you've, you've spent a lot of time thinking of it and thinking about the logic and the psyche and the, the fundamental reason what you do what you do, right? Right, yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting in that what I know and what I've learned and discovered is just sitting right there to be seen for the people who put in the work to understand it. And there are a lot of different levels that you can approach this world of psychology and, and mind reading, because you could learn just one routine, one simple trick and do that at a bar. And that's your party trick, right? And that's, yeah. that's the one thing that you do. And then your friend's like, Hey, ours, do that, do that thing that you do. You're like, okay. And then you do the same <laughs> trick again. And it was like, ah, yeah, that's the trick. Uh, right. <laughs> and, and it's a really good tool to have fun in a social dynamic. And that is great. That is perfectly fine. And that could be everything that it ever needs to be. And you could be happy for the rest of your life using that. The more you think about it, you start thinking about why that trick works why that engages people, why that is so much fun for them. Then you get to see through the lens of that one trick, you begin to understand the truth of how people react to reality and socialize and connect with each other. So through that, you could then discover a lot of the secrets of how people work in reality, but you don't have to. Right. So you're, you're right. There's a lot of magicians. There's a lot of mentalists, a lot of psychology researchers that never get to kind of seeing behind the scenes, so to speak. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And I, I also believe, um, you know, that the subconscious just has a, a really powerful impact in our lives. And I, I actually bought a book. It was called The Power of the Subconscious Mind and How It Can Change Your Life, I think it was called. And reading through it, it was like pretty, it just shed light in, in really like dark aspects of, of our mind that I didn't know. And they were just insane. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, this, I feel like there's not enough science or there's not enough interest to actually get to know more about the subconscious mind and how it interacts with the environment we live in. Right. It's it's difficult to help people appreciate how how much they're not thinking about. Right? It's it's a negative. You don't yeah. know everything that you don't know because you've never thought about it. You can't think about something you okay. don't know. So the the conscious mind, the part of you that is the conscious awareness is such a small percent of what your whole mind is and your conscious awareness is pretty limited you can't keep track of a lot of things and you get used to stuff very quickly it's just like putting on a watch you're aware of it for about the first 10 seconds and then it fades from your mind because your conscious mind has better things to think about. So it's always there. You could, you could feel it, 
but your mind just puts it in the background. And that's most everything. You're just not aware of everything that your mind is doing for you. I mean, it's keeping your heart going. It's keeping your breathing going. There's a lot that your mind is doing that your conscious awareness never even thinks about. Okay, so that leads me to the following question. And it's motivation and the role it plays in our conscious mind or subconscious mind. Should motivation be something that we should constantly be worried about or should it just come out naturally? I I hate motivational speakers. Okay. Because motivation is a feeling. It's it's an emotion. And an emotion is kind of a barometer. Uh it's a gauge of how well your your needs are being met. And if you want to accomplish something great, it is going to require focus. It is going to require consistent effort over time, day after day after day. Motivation is a fleeting emotion. It might, you might feel that way, you might not. So if you think, if you have the belief, I need to feel motivated in order to do my best work. Well, you're now holding your best work hostage to a momentary feeling. Yeah. That's not how great things are done. Great things are done no. with consistent effort. And the thing that gets that is I don't care how you feel. I don't care what you are thinking about right now. It's time to do your work. So show up, put in the effort. That's called discipline. Discipline yeah. will get you results. And those results that you get will get you more motivated to get more results. Whereas if you Definitely. rely on motivation, it'll, it'll very rarely get you results. So you'll never be motivated to get more results. Yeah. And look at what I have here. Like I have a book, which is grit. I don't know if you know that one from Angela Duckworth. Yeah. I'm just reading it. Nice. And it's about consistency and effort and all of that stuff, you know, the power of passion and how being talented is not really the key to being successful, but being consistent, perseverant, and, you know, just sticking to what you have to do, being disciplined at the end of the day. So you, you just reminded me of that book. Like, it is spot on, the decision and the way of thinking about motivation. Of that, Like, yeah, and, and as a student that I am right now, you see a lack of motivation, like, almost every day when I'm at school. Like, I see people that do not feel motivated, and they're like, oh, no, I just can't study because I don't feel motivated. Like, like maybe you should just, like, get away of the motivation thing and just start studying. I mean, then may you, you may achieve some results that, that might, you know, start the loop of actually, you know, I have the results. Well, I'm now feeling better. I'm, that's, I, that's where I think motivation comes from. Not, it's not a, something that would just come up from the, from the ceiling or something. You have to do something in order to get it. So yeah, I mean, definitely that's how, how you just describe it though. Yeah. Right. And, and it's that one little belief that I need to be motivated to do my best work that has destroyed more 
dreams than you could possibly imagine. Really, really, really important words, Jonathan. I just agree with you a lot. So yeah, um, we have around 20 minutes left and I wanted to move the conversation to the martial arts because I've been doing karate. I'm not doing it right now. Well, I've been in karate for some years now. I just left it at blue belt because of my school thingy, although I want to, you know, get back on it. And I also practice Krav Maga, which is a self-defense, you know, um, way of that is taught in the military down in Israel. And it was insane. I just loved it. And I, I, I didn't have the opportunity to actually practice it like more, but I would definitely go in again. I just loved it so much. It's and great. If I'm correct, you do uh, some type of Kung Fu, right? Mm-hmm. Wing Chun. Oh, right. So what is that about? Wing Chun is, like you said, a, a type of Kung Fu. It is kind of what Bruce Lee learned to become Bruce Lee before he came up with Jeet Kune Do. And okay. the, the focus is on simplicity, not making it too complicated, and just keeping your boundaries intact is really it. Um, so the, the way I think about martial arts and Kung Fu and, and any kind of system is that there are universal principles that govern reality, physics, mass, momentum, acceleration, gravity, all that kind of stuff, right? And it's the same everywhere in the universe. No matter where you go, those laws still apply. Okay, cool. Well, then the human body, the human pattern is essentially the same. You might be taller than me, uh, might be heavier than you, but our arms are in the same place. Our legs are in the same place, yeah. that kind of thing, right? So there are going to be more effective and less effective strategies for aligning the human pattern with those universal laws of gravity and momentum. So every martial art is basically a system of teaching you how to handle momentum in relationship with another human being. That's all it is. Okay. Okay. I, I've never thought of martial arts in that way, to be honest. Like, but it really is. And it just reminds me once again into the mind reading stuff and how just knowing more about the, the body and maybe the weak points of, of the just human body. For instance, you may know that if you just pull here in the nose, then it might hurt someone. Mm -hmm. If you know that, and then you can exploit that and you can defend yourself. And, and there's hundreds of different techniques, right? And how often do you practice this? Like, did you get to practice Kung Fu this morning? Yeah, it's, it's, my, it's my favorite daily kind of a thing. And what I really like about Wing Chun is that it's a very compact system. There are only six forms and each form is about two or three minutes and you can, you can go through it. So if you think of it as kind of learning choreography, you could learn it okay. pretty, pretty fast. And okay. by going through the choreography, you're learning the postures and the techniques and, and that kind of a thing then there are exercises that you can use to kind of learn to apply what the forms have taught you. 
So it's a really cool thing that you can practice even by yourself to keep your skills up instead of only being able to practice when there's another person there. So it makes it a really good kind of daily practice. Okay, yeah. Same happened with karate, like through the choreography say, uh, thingy. You had like different choreographies and you have to go through them. You can individually go through them. There's some of them that are like just longer, others that are, you have to be like in a different position and it might take you a bit of more effort. And it's like different movements that in theory are recreating the uh, invisible fight, if that makes sense, at least mm -hmm. in karate. Yep. And that's, for those who may not know what, what we're talking about, that's the stuff that maybe, uh, well, in the Olympic Games, there was a lot of people criticizing the karate woman who won in Spain because they were he she was doing a, a choreography thingy and people were like dude that's not a sport or dude I mean this should be taken off the Olympic Games and it's like bro you don't know what, what she's doing like there's a lot of effort behind this getting the techniques right like the hand in the correct position like the strength everything and you feel tired after doing that it's like yeah it's it's a lot of work i mean that's that's what i love about kung fu is it basically translates to skills acquired from dedicated consistent effort over time that's it <laughs> that's it yeah you said it that's it okay jonathan i think we kind of are coming to an end so um i just loved talking with you okay that trick was amazing once again <laughs> thank you i'm just gonna be thinking about it and like i had free choice and i also think like a small reflection that that's what life is about we sometimes think we have free choice like in our daily life but we sometimes don't although the fake sensation that we can actually choose is what governs us and yeah like Amazing. You you just Congrats. got to the heart of it because that that really is the terrifying implications of what you just went through. Is it feels like I had a choice, but I clearly didn't. So what does that mean? And those I I like leaving people with those kinds of questions more than I do leaving them with answers. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool <laughs> really cool um you know way of thinking at it and i just think the audience will will love this episode so um one last thing i want to go through is your books you have three books just please talk me about them let's see um the the one that is is most popular is think like a mind reader which has all sorts of ideas about decision-making, psychology, memory, logic, motivation, all of that is in there. So if you like mind power and the power of the mind kind of stuff, well, that would be the one to start with. Perfect Recall is a book that teaches you a couple really useful memory techniques that you can use for people's names, information, phone numbers, anything that you need to remember you can find a technique in there. And then there's learn like a mind reader, which is a meta skill, 
when you learn how to learn, you now waste less time on a strategy or a technique that's not going to help you acquire a new skill. So if you want to learn more things in less time, you need to learn how to learn. So that's what that book is focused on. It's, it's a short read, but really useful. And there's actually a fourth book that is Wing Chun Life Physics, which is okay. kind of from the ground up, looking at, at physics and geometry, and then the way that it governs fundamental reality, and then the human pattern coming together, that it shows you why learning a physical discipline like karate or Krav Maga or Wing Chun will give you insight to your mind and emotions in a way that just thinking about it never will. So if you want to work on your mindset from that direction, learning martial arts is kind of the fast track of doing it. Okay, so just want to advise you to keep an eye on your Gmail because I will buy those books and I'll reach you back <laughs> Thank you. to see if we can talk again about those books because it's like the kind of books I would definitely buy. So I will buy them. Outstanding. And I just hope anyone that is listening to this um, feels encouraged to do so because I do. I mean, I definitely do. Okay, Jonathan. So that being said, anything you'd like to say as your last words? <laughs> last words. Well, I it is an honor to be invited to share my thoughts. So I genuinely appreciate the, the invitation. And uh, if you and anybody else listening to this wants to connect, the best place to go is elite.university. Okay. That is where I'm creating courses and groups around uh, health, wellness, mindset, business skills, any anything that will help you out, we're building that in there. So feel free to join up. And from there, you can find links out to the books. And we do weekly accountability where on Monday, uh, which is today, uh, you check in with what you want to be working on to be held accountable for. Then on Friday, I check in with you to see, well, how did you do? And that little thing helps people out a lot. And then we do a weekly ask me anything kind of session where we hop on Zoom and just chat about anything that you've got questions about. So there's a lot going on in there and a lot of cool people. So that would be the place that that I would suggest people go. Great, so just to double check, elite.universal, right? Yep, that's it, dot university. Okay, yep. university, okay. So I'll put that on the show notes, definitely, for you guys to check. And that being said, um, just once again, thank you for coming, and it's been a real pleasure. My pleasure, thanks, man. Hey guys, so that was the end of this episode. I just hope you've enjoyed as much as I have this conversation with Jonathan, as he's a really professional mind reader and a really professional, like in the broad aspect and meaning of the word. So it was a great pleasure for me to have it on board in today's episode. And I had a real fun. That trick, again, was amazing. So that being said, hope you come on into next episode and make sure to check out the previous ones if you haven't already done so. This is Coffee Talk and Wanna Coffee Talk? <laughs>